Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarach, we started Sefer Yehoshua, and we sort of finished Pasuk Beis, but not really. So today what I want to do is finish Pasuk Beis, do Gimel, and start Dalad. And Dalad is a big sugyo, and we have to do it once. It's probably going to take not only today, but also tomorrow, to try to get clear things that are very unclear in the Torah, in Chumash, what's going on, and even Adiyah Mazet, there's not 100% clarity. We'll try to get as much as we can. And, but before we do, let's, get, let's finish up Pasuk Beis. Moshe Avdi Meis, Yeshua is getting his first Nevoah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Moshe Avdi Meis, Moshe, my servant, died. And we learned Rashi that there was halachas that were forgotten because of Tiris Moshe Rabbeinu. And the Ato, and now, and I, can't, and I can't tell you those halachas, it's time to go to war. The only way to be able to keep Klaus all busy, even though you forgot the halachas, is to go to war. And we tried to explain last week what war has to do with going into Eretz Yisrael, but the Atta and now, kum, get up. But the Mitzudas, if you look at the Mitzudas Tzion, on the, on your, in Yenavi, if you have Mitzudas Tzion, he translates the word kum in Yenzerus, which means hasten yourself. Kum, get ready to roll. Kum, kum, leich lamasa. So the Atta, kum, it's not just get up. It's also get up out of your Avelos, because Yeshua was in Avelos. That was the day he got out of Avelos of Moshe Rabbeinu. So literally, get up. But it also means, come, get ready, and it's time to cross over this Yardin. Okay, we're starting to find out exactly our location. You and all the people, and Chazal Darsha from here, that just like Moshe Rabbeinu was shakal, was equivalent to the 600,000 Yidin, so to Yeshua Benun also had that Milo, that he was equivalent to 600,000 people. We'll get back to it later on in the Sefer, where we'll see it very starkly where it actually played out. to the land, to the place that I'm giving them, Levnei Yisrael. Now, even though, generally speaking, when a king conquers, what he conquers is for himself, but the Malbim points out clearly that it's Kalai Yisrael's Eretz Yisrael. You're going, you're the general, you're the leader, you're the Avbezin, you're the Navi, you're the Melech, you're the everything. But I don't want you to think that when you're conquering Eretz Yisrael, it's for you. You are representing Kalai Yisrael, you are to take them, and con- that contrasts with other times where there was conquering where it was for the individual. I just want to point out, we learned last week that Moshe Avdi Meis, Klaiso, forgot halachas. I, I found this pasuk and this story, this episode, very similar to a story in Gemara Masechtas Brachas. The Gemara says, and this is on the Mem Beis Amad Beis, going on to the Mem Gimel Amad Aleph. The Gemara says that there was a Shiloh exactly how he typed the Mishnah. I'm not going to get into the details of the Shiloh. But the, the Gemara says the following story. When Rav was Nifter, Talmidim were following the Urim of Rav. Kihadri, and when it was time to go home, after they finished the Leviah of Rav, Let's sit down to eat something on the riverbanks of Nahar Danak. I wanted to eat something. After they broke bread, so they weren't sure. The same question we had before. Whatever the shalom was in halacha, but they had a shalom in halacha after Petirus Rav on the way home from the Leviah of Rav. They weren't sure a certain halacha how you read a Mishnah. Says the Gemara, come Rav Ado. I'm sorry, have a be a diary. They didn't know the chat in the Gemara. Rav Adar Ahava got up, he took off his shirt, 
turned it around the way he wore it till now. And he tore another kriya. Omar, nachnafshid rav, rav was just nifter, uberchus mezayin alagamrinam. And we don't even know the halachas of benching. Till somebody came and he told him what the pshat the gemara is. What's the pshat that rav tore, rav adarahava tore another kriya? The pshat is very simply put. When rav was nifter, obviously they felt the loss. And they tore. But when they realized the halachas that they forgot, they felt anew, they felt anew the ptira of rav, and they realized how little they knew, and therefore it was achi of another kriya. So perhaps, kum, Hashem is telling Yeshua, get up, Moshe Avdi Meis, Moshe Avdi died. Now, what happened by Moshe Avdi Meis? Rashi says, and we learned in Chazal Msechtas Tamura, that Klai Yisrael forgot Allahis. So there was a new Avelis that started again. A new Avelis. So therefore, kum, Hashem had to tell Yeshua, no, no, get up, I hear, I'm, I'm, I appreciate the Avelis for the Petir of Moshe Avinu and the Allahis that were forgotten, but it's time to get up, it's time to go forward and go to battle and go to war. One last Nekudah on this Moshe Avdi Meis. Make it very bekitzer because we have to go further. Moshe Avdi Meis. Yeshua didn't know that Moshe Avdi Meis. Yeshua didn't know. What does that mean? And Chazal already and others there are not bothered by this. And Chazal say that Hashem tells Yeshua, you think you're sad? You should not have sad. I am Moshe Avdi Meis. Okay. The different Mahalachim to understand what it means. But perhaps we could suggest that what, what Abish is saying, Moshe Avdi Meis, is something that's very important. Very important. Because when we started Sefer Yeshua, in the first year and the second year, we talked about who wrote the Sefer Tanakh and who wrote Sefer Yeshua more specifically. But really, the Gemara already talks about that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote Chamisha Chum Yeshua wrote Sefer Yeshua. But the Gemara asks, and this is on Tezvavam and Allah from Sechtas Baba Basra, that how could you say, Om Amar, Om Yeshua Kasav Sefer, Yeshua wrote his Sefer. And Ushmaina Psukim Shabatayu. And the last eight Psukim in Sefer Dvarim. Which means the Pasuk of Ayyam Hashem, Ayyam Hashem, died. And he was buried. And the, the unbelievable praise that Akadish Bokhu gives about Mashiach Rabbeinu that we lay on Sumchas Tayu. Yahishua wrote that. Says the Mark Tanya. Tanya commanded Amar Ushmaina Psukim Shabatayu Yeshua Kasan. We have a raya from a Braisa. The Tanya of Ayyam Hashem, Mashiach Ever Hashem. Says Moshe Rabbeinu was nifter. Efshir Moshe Meish Meish because of Ayav and Shem Moshe. Could it be that Moshe Rabbeinu was dead and he's writing by Yom and Shem Moshe? How can Moshe Rabbeinu, being deceased, write by Yom and Shem Moshe? So Allah, he was alive. So he wrote a lie. Frakdigma, how could it be? Allah, Ad Kan Kasev Moshe. Elamai, it's clear that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote up to the last eight tzukim and chumash. Mikan ve'elach Kasev Yeshua. Diver Rabbi Yehuda. Ve'amir Lo Rabbi Nachemia. Elamai, not only did Yeshua write Sefer Yeshua. We have to appreciate who we're talking about. Yehoshua wrote part of Sefer Torah. Part of Chumash that we learned, that we got from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Chumash Chumash Yeshua Benun wrote those last eight Tzukim. And I understand, the Rashi says, the Hemshech of Sefer Yeshua, the first Rashi of Sefer Yeshua, it's a Hemshech because it's Yehoshua talking, continuing. Yeshua wrote the last eight Tzukim and continuing by Yehoshua, Moshe Eved Hashem, that Yeshua Benun took over. Says the Gemara, but not everybody agrees. I'm a lawyer of How could that be? Could it be that the Sefer Torah is missing one letter, even more so, eight psukim, and Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, and Moshe Rabbeinu tells Klai Sohei, take this Sefer Torah, what, he gave them a Sefer Torah minus eight psukim? That's a Sefer Torah? That's a chaser. Can't be. Allah says, you are a different shot. Ad kan Baruch till here HaKadosh Baruch said, from Bereshis, till the last eight psukim, 
repeats and he writes. And that's the halacha that when a person writes the he has to say the words that he's writing also. He said and he wrote. Mikan ve'elach from Pasik, the last day took him from Vayam Hashem Moshe. Hakadosh Baruch Hu Oimer, Hashem is saying the words. Umoshe kaisiv bedema, and Moshe Rabbeinu is writing with tears. Let's just translate the words for now. Moshe Rabbeinu kaisiv bedema. Moshe Rabbeinu is writing it with tears. Moshe nema lahalon, like it says, and the Lord brings the rise from a different place where we see such a thing. Skipping a couple lines. Which means Meshabenu, the last Epsukim, wrote, according to Rav Shimon, but he wrote a Bidema. What does it mean he wrote a Bidema? On a simple translation, it means he cried. He had to write, and he also cried because he had to write unbelievable Shavachim about Meshabenu. The Anav Mikala Adam has to write that, like, come Navi to Imagine that you force somebody like that to write that. So the Pasha still learned that he was crying. But that doesn't answer the question. Could he have written if he didn't die? It doesn't answer the question. Therefore, many Rishonim learned Kasavadema means he didn't write it with ink. He wrote it with his tears. And therefore he wrote it, but it wasn't yet part of the Sefer Torah. And later on, it was put in with ink. Doesn't really answer the question either. That's not a Sefer Torah either. Lepkarech a Sefer Torah. What, he gave them a Sefer Torah that had ink written, of tears written? And how do you write with tears anyways? Hey, shver. Therefore, what you do is, the Grah says this, the Ramami Pana writes this, and it's already, Shosham Berishonim, Kaysev Bedema means, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it in a mumble jumble. The words were not written by Yom Hashem, Moshe Eved Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote all the words, and without it being organized, that it spells out, Vayom Hashem, Moshe. Rather, Hashem told him, okay, now I need you to write these letters. Give me a, a ches, two lamids, 13 yuds, whatever it was. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote a bedema, beloshin di mu'ah. The mu'ah means a mixture, right? Amatama, amadamaya, amanasach. Bedama means a mixture. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote in a mixture. There was no clarity on the words. And then, this was a Sefer Torah. This was a Sefer Torah, which is also Tzorich Ian, how that's a Sefer Torah. If you write all the amount of alephs you need in the Sefer Torah, and then you write all the bases you write in the Sefer Torah, all in order, that's enough. It's still a Tzarechian, but it's a little bit better, because Moshe wrote it with Yoy Al-Gabe Klaf, and therefore, it had to be rewritten. Yeshua had to unravel those letterings. When Moshe Rabbeinu was Niftah, Hashem tells Yeshua, Vayam Moshe. Perhaps, Ulai Efshah. When, when the first Nevoah Yeshua gets, Pasig Beis, is Hashem tells him, and now it's your turn to write it in. Those letters are Vayom Hashem Moshe. Moshe Avdi Meis is not Hashem telling Yeshua, Moshe Benu died. Yeshua knows Moshe Benu died. He just sat by Velas. But Hashem says, now it's time to write into the Torah, Moshe Avdi Meis. Go back to Vayom Hashem Moshe and write in those last day psukim. So here Yeshua is writing into the Torah those last day psukim. And therefore there's a Minigan Klaus, although those last eight psukim is written by if you know, if you ever go to Tachman Sefer Torah, today they outlined it already. They make it much easier. It's, very hard, it's much harder to mess up. But in the olden days, Sefer Torahs were written. It was, they, left, they left the letter. And you wrote an alamid. Okay, the Sefer, the Sefer had to fix it up afterwards or whatever it was. But they didn't even outline it. And this comes from the fact, the Shoshoy, the Rami Pana writes, is that Moshe Rabbeinu's last eight psukim were also written in It was also written in a jumble. The Kiva even brings a raya about a certain Sefer Torah. They had a Shiloh. There was a Sefer Torah they found. They weren't sure. Is it a kosher or Sefer Torah? Is it not a kosher or Sefer Torah? What do I mean by kosher or not? Who wrote it? How do we know if a Yid wrote it, if a guy wrote it, if a Tzadiki wrote it? 
How do we know? So they came to Kiva Eger to ask. The Sefer Torah is stomped, they found, what do they do? Kiva Eger said, go to the back of the Sefer Torah. If you see the last page is written and it's a little scribbly, it's not so clear to cut your Sefer Torah. That means it was written up in Minig Yisrael, which is that the last, last couple lines are, and this is the halacha, the Kiva Eger passing the Sefer Torah is kosher, based on the fact that we looked at the last letters and they were a little, little off. Where does that come from? That comes from Moshe Avedu, Kaysi Bedema. Moshe Avedu, when he wrote that first Sefer Torah, it was written Bedemua. And Moshe Avdi Mesa, Hashem telling Yeshua, write it now into the Torah. This is a Tzivoy, and this is how we're finishing up Torah and getting into Navi. Pasa Gimel. Kal Makayim, every single area, Asher Tidrech Kafraglichem, that you will plant your feet there. Tidrech literally means to tread, to tread. A person is Derech, Manovim Begas, means with his foot, he's walking on things. So when every place that you will step, Kafraglichem, Boy, I'm going to be giving it to you. Like I told Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm going to give it to you. One more Pasuk and we'll come back to Rashi. Pasuk Talad. From the Midbar, we're going to be very, very vague today about where exactly we're talking about. As you see, you have maps in front of you that we gave out. And it's going to be posted on the Zoom shortly. From the Midbar to the Levonoin. This one. Va'ad ha-nohar ha-godol, till the great river, Nahar Puras, the Euphrates, koil eretz ha-chitim, the entire land of the chitim. So far we have, a lot of us have no idea what we're talking about, and it's going to be very, very, very unclear by the end of today, just in case you think you have some clarity at this point. We're going to have to, hopefully, by next week we're going to be clear. Va'ad ha-yom ha-godol, all the way to the great sea. Machloik Svishayinam, if we're talking about the Mediterranean, or we're talking about literally... The Atlantic Ocean, which would mean Turkey is part of Eretz Yisrael, and Italy is part of Eretz Yisrael. There's such a shittim, sechtas gitten, as we'll be'ez Hashem get to. Mevoy HaShamesh, where the sun sets. Where the sun sets just means west. So the water, the body of water on the west, which for now let's go with Yama Gadol, the Mediterranean. Yiyegevuchem. This will be your territory. Atkan, we're going to try to understand today. HaShem tells Yeshua in Pasuk, hey, nobody will stand up to you. As long as you're alive. We'll see what this means. Does this mean Kaisal or does this mean the Goyim? We're going to have to come back to that. Let's go. Let's start with Rashi HaKadosh. Wherever you will put your feet down. It says, and I hope you brought a Chumash today because the Chumash is going to be more necessary today than ever, as we'll see. Oh, there's a very similar Pasuk by Moshe Rabbeinu. That's all Rashi says. Let's open up. What's, what's Rashi referring to? Says Rashi, he says the Pasuk in Devarim, Yud Aleph, Chavdalad. In the Art Scroll, Chumash, it's page 525. We're going to start from Pasuk Chavbez. Just to get the Hemshech, it's important for the entire Hemshech today. Pasuk Chavbez. What was going on to Pasuk Chavbez is something that we say every day. <coughs> from Yud Gimel, Tulchav Aleph is Vahayim Shemaya that we say every day. Multiple times, person has a chiv to say Kriyashma, and part of the parasha is Vayim Shemaya. Right after that parasha, it says, Ki, four. Let's translate it like Ki, that means for, the word four now. Ki, im shamay tish mirun, If you will keep all these mitzvahs, which I'm commanding you to do, which are, which are, liyahavas Hashem, number one, to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu number two, lo leches b'chal derachav, to follow in his ways, and number three, ladav kabay, to cleave to him, if you will do these three things, Pasuk Chav Gimel, V'hayrish Hashem es kala goyim elam milufneichem, 
Hashem will cause you to inherit. The word Vahirish is a big Tzarechian, what it means. For now, we're just going to translate it as inherit. It's not Pashat, that's what it means. I am aware. But for now, that's what we're going to say. Vahirish Hashem is Vahirishtem. This is the biggest proof Vahirish can't mean Vahirishtem. Because Vahirish and Vahirishtem, I mean, maybe some of it is the same Sherry, some not. Again, we're, not, we're going to wait for that, as Hashem. V'yirishtem goyim g'doylem, you will inherit great nations that are way stronger than you. Now, what are you going to inherit? Pasuk Havdalah, this is the Rashi's quoting. Kalamokim, the entire area, Asher Tidrech, Kafraglachem, where you will put your feet down. Oh, these are the words, Mamash. Any place where you will put your feet down, Lachem yiyeh. And now Hashem gives him the dimensions. I want to contrast it with Pasuk Dalit in our Tanakh to see if these, if these things line up. Midbar. Okay, that's the first one. We have Midbar. Here it says We'll have to see the difference. Why over here it says Midbar. Here it says Okay, so far so good. So here Pasuk adds in one is Ayama Achren and one is Ayama Gadol. And every single Dik is important. Yiyegevulchem. So Pasik Gimel and Dalit and Sefer Yeshua are literally Pasik Chavdalit. Rashi says, go look. What do you mean, Kashidibarat Yel Moshe? Kashidibarat Yel Moshe, very good. In Pasik, in Pasik Chavdalit, in Parshas Ekev, at the end, this is the Hashem promise. Pasik Chavhei, Mamash, the next Pasik. Lo Yisyatim Ish Bifnechem. This is Pasik Hei Tanach. In, in Yeshua. Nobody will stand up to you. Again, that you will stand there. So, back to Rashi and Pasuk Gimel by Oz. This is the same words that I said by Moshe Rabbeinu. The end of Parashas Ekev. Says Rashi. But in the Sifri, on that Pasuk in Parashas Ekev, it says, if this is coming to teach me the boundaries, the Tchum of Eretz Yisrael, and already says, it gives us the boundaries. So what? What's that? Says Rashi, says this of that even if you will conquer Albania, that also becomes Eretz Yisrael. That's what it means. There's two things. There is the Eretz Yisrael that needs to be, but besides for the Eretz Yisrael that needs to be, there's something Hashem is saying. Anywhere else that you will step foot, you can also conquer, and it can become Kedusha's Eretz Yisrael potentially. We'll see. We'll see shortly. Mishetik Veshuas Eretz. But there's one condition. You first have to conquer Eretz Yisrael. You can't conquer Albania before you conquer Eretz Yisrael. So I'm giving you the dimensions of Eretz Yisrael. You conquer that. When you conquer that and you decide that you want to expand the borders, you want Greece, you want other places, we can deal with that. There's a lot that we have to un- unpack over here. Continuing Rashi. Whatever you will conquer in Chutzlaretz will have Kedusha, important word, will have Kedusha and it will also be yours. Two separate things. Rashi seems to be saying, Rashi. it's going to be Kadosh and it's going to be yours. This is maybe Chidushim to some people. That somehow Kuwait can become Eretz Yisrael. And that New York City can become Eretz Yisrael. Maybe it's not a Chidushim. Maybe it's not. So we have to see. What is Rashi referring to? Rashi is obviously alluding to a Safri, as we pointed out. That besides for the boundaries, you can also do more. 
Here's a little bit of an issue. A very, very simple issue. Sai and Parshish Ekev and Sai and Sefer Yeshua. If you want to tell people they can have Chutzlaretz as also becoming part of Kedushet Yisrael, the way to do it would be say first the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael and then say, besides for that, you could also have. The Torah and the Navi, both, at times it says, first Chutzlaretz, could become Kaddish, and here are the dimensions of Eretz Yisrael, from A to Z and from whatever, giving you the exact dimensions. Wouldn't it make more sense for the Torah to tell us, conquer this, and then if you decide to conquer more, and Rashi has to speak that out, but, but it's only after you conquer Eretz Yisrael. So the Torah should have said, and the Navi should have said, conquer Eretz Yisrael, and then anywhere else that you conquer is going to be yours. Let's not do the Rashi's and Pasuk Dal just yet. There's a, a, a sheet that was given out from the Ramban. So if the other one can take out the Ramban, and the Parshas Ekev. There's two papers with text on it. One is the Ramban, and one is the Meshachachma. Let's first see the Ramban inside and learn it together. There's two pieces. It's the last two pieces in Parshas Ekev that the Ramban is opening up for us a world that we need to know when we learn Sefer Yeshua, and especially when we get our Suga that we're, we're touching on now. First, the one on Uladav Kabay. The Ramban says, Pasichav Beis. Uladav Kabay, we should cleave to Hashem. Amr Avram, Basayf, Vuhusayd Gadol. Avram says at the end, when, meaning when your Neshama leaves your body, that's when you're going to have Dvekis in Hashem. And this is a Sayd Gadol. It's a very deep secret. We're not going to get into what this means to, to be the, the Dabak in Hashem. It's something very deep and beyond our grasp. Says Ramban, I don't think that the soid is really based on this place. Meaning, it's not like we have to explain, it has nothing to do with our parasha that we're talking about. Not, I'm not going to get into the details now. A person needs to make himself available that he will be able to be medabic in Hashem at the end. This is all the way to end the Sefer Yeshua. Perik Chav Gimel. Ubeshem Eloheim Loisas Kiru. Yeshua tells Klaus all his goodbye. Don't mention any Avodizara. Loisas Biu. Loisas Avdom. Loisas Tachem Lehem. Kiim Ba'Hashem Lekechem Tidvaku. Yeshua says, "Klif Takadish Baruchu." Kasha Sisim Adiyem Ezel, like you guys have been doing till today. Im Kain, he has Horam Eazaros Avodizara. If you just follow the way Yeshua is talking, it sounds like it's a commandment against Avodizara. It goes together. He says, don't serve idolatry, and rather cleave to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It doesn't sound like it's in the Eul of Masel when you're going to die, or your Neshama is going to go. It sounds very basic. That your mind should not wander from Hashem to foreign deities. You're not allowed to think that Avedizor has any power at all. Everything is shtusim. It's efes. It's worthless. It's nothing. And this is similar to what it says later on in Parashat Now, What that means is, not to serve Hashem and something else. Says the Ramban, and it could be. That the Deveka means to include. That the person should constantly remember HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That your mind should not wander from Hashem. 
Whenever a person, however a person is living, to the point where you could be talking to another fellow individual with your mouth, your heart's not in the conversation. Now, the guy's not allowed to tell that your heart's not in the conversation. But you're having a conversation with somebody, and yet his mind is in a very far place. Where is it? That's all he's thinking about. Now, I'm having a conversation with you. We're doing a business transaction. We're doing any type of thing. I'm having a conversation with my children, with my wife. But where's my mind? Where's my heart at that moment? I'm thinking about HaKadosh Baruch It's how my drink is. But this is what a person has to strive for. V'yitochem, says the Ramban. And it's possible, by Anche Milo, by great people, that even their souls, while they're alive, they're living amongst the living people down here on planet Earth. Because a person can become a resting spot for the Shechino. This is Yeshua said at the end of his life, like you have done today. Yeshua says, tells Klayasol, when we were in the desert with Moshe Rabbeinu and Anani Akavoy and Vahamon Yerid Ben Hashemayim, Vaslav Eilulahem, Vabeir Lefnaim Tamid. We're living a life, there's nothing else but Hashem. Everything is Bidei Shemayim. But Varmisiyim, everything is miraculous. That's no big deal. To live in the Midbar, to live in existence with Hashem when you're in the Midbar, when all you have is Hashem, it's obvious. When everything will now, Yeshua is telling them, we're now in Eretz Yisrael, we're not living anymore that type of life. And this is so important for Sefer Yeshua because we're going to see, this is a transitioning. Shaiftim and Shmuel and Malachim is already after the transition. Yeshua is that transition of people that lived with a Be'er, with a Mon, with a Ananiah covered, with a Moshe Rabbeinu, with his Galus. To live with a Dov Kabay? No, not, so, not such a big deal. Live in 2021, Ludov Kabay. Oh, that, that's already a kunz. That's Ludov Yeshua is telling it to Kalisol, and Moshe Rabbeinu, right before he's giving them the conditions of the size of Eretz Yisrael and the land, and, the, and we're going to get to the topography of Eretz Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu is also saying, there's a relationship that you have to have that now is going to change. Whatever you had till now in the Midbar was a great existence. It's not reality. It's not practical. We need to now live in a world where there's no Mon, there's no Be'er, but yet Lodov Kabay. Says the Ramban in the next Pasik. Kala Makoim Aldas Rebeseinu. Chazal understood. Hinehem Shtei Haftachis. There are two separate guarantees over here. Shekal Hamakoim Ashiyutsu Lichbaish. Any place they want to conquer, Gamba Eretz Shinar. Even if it's in Eretz Shinar, the Eretz Asher Vizulasam. It could be a faraway land. And we have to be medayak in this Ramban because this, is, this answers the Kasha as we'll get back to shortly. That the Rukhan Knievsky asks in his, in his Sefer, Derech um, Hamuna. Um, but he uses this Ramban to answer Gavaldi Gekashem. Even a land, Be'eret Shin of Eretz Asher, Vizulasam, Yeshalahem. It can become theirs. The Hamitzvah is Kulon, Noyag is Behem. And every one of the mitzvahs of Tluyeh's Ba'aretz could be Noyagaya, even in faraway lands. Ki Akoyal Eretz Yisrael, they all become Eretz Yisrael. These things, you have an obligation to conquer. And to get rid of the foreign nations. 
there's a big machlokes. What's the status of Syria? What's the status halachically? Shekarin oisa kibush yachid. Chazal and Shas call Syria a kibush yachid, a private conquering. Now, a lot of us don't know what we're referring to. We'll get we'll get to it in a second. But there's something that happened in Syria later on in Sefer Shmuel, and there was a big debate in Chazal. What was its status? What we call kibush yachid, a private conquering. Vahatam. Now the reason is, and the Ramban gives a little bit of background. David Amalek at one point in history decided he needed more space. He needed more space. He went up north to Syria and he conquered Syria. Today we call that Chalab or Aleppo, Aram Tzova. That area David Amalek conquered. He built himself palaces there. Now the question is, what's that status? Is that Eretz Yisrael? Is that not Eretz Yisrael? The problem is, David did it on his own. He didn't get the okay, so to speak, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. David was a great warrior. And he's going to conquer it. And he'll be successful at conquering it. But does that give Syria now, that area in Syria, does that give that status of Eretz Yisrael? Why? What was the problem? Because he was first obligated to Yarshan called Shiva Sagoy and Bethilo. There are seven nations that need to be conquered first. And then, if you want to go to other places, you could. But and since David Amalek didn't follow protocol, they hadn't yet conquered what Hashem told them to conquer. That's where there's shittas and shas. It's Israel, let's say, is that's not called the conquering. Obviously, as we said, Ramban says you could conquer anywhere and it becomes Kedusha Seretz Yisrael. But there's a caveat. That's only if, now it seems like three things. You need to first conquer other lands. You have to ask the Rebetumim and get permission from the Sanhedrin. If you follow those dots and you do everything fine, then you can go conquer outside Eretz Yisrael also. The Kachi Shinuya Bisafri, and that's how it says clearly in the Safri over here. But there are some that learn in Sechzavet Zorah and other places in Shas, this may kibush, that Dabra Melech conquered it and it did have a status of Eretz Yisrael. He alpha pishle nasi kaseider. Now, granted, Dabra Melech didn't do it in the proper order. Kivan shahalach sham, since he was a king and he went there. Ukavasha, neskayim by lochem yiye, Eretz Yisrael. Understand the Yisrael Zikamachlokis that comes up in Shas. What is the status of Syria? What is the status of other places that Kakli Saul conquered? That hadn't yet been other places in the world, and it's so conquered. It's totally in this machlokes. Now, the big problem is, and this is a very big problem. If you look at your maps that were given out, you tell me what you see. The maps that were given out. Let's do first the the Google map, not the one with the Hebrew words on it. The Google map. You see Eretz Yisrael. They have on the Tel Aviv and Yafo. The West Bank, you continue up north to Beirut, on the, board, on the water. It's Beirut, today Lebanon. If you would go right, a couple hundred miles, you reach Damascus. A little, if you make a triangle from Beirut 
to Damascus and, and make one going upwards. Hope you understand what I'm saying. Damascus is going to be one foot of the triangle. Beirut is going to be the other foot of the triangle. And you're going to go up a little bit, not, not even to the word where Lebanon is, to the, let's say where the N of Lebanon is on the page. Let's say that's where Aleppo is. That's where Aram Tzova is. That's, the, um, that's where David Amalek went. That's where he conquered. That's Chalab. That's uh, the place that he questioned if we did right or not. What's the problem with this? We discussed in the second shear, and we're going to see very shortly, this is way less than that they had to conquer. They needed to conquer, take your map, and go all the way to the place where you see Antakya, another thousand miles north on the map. You will see what's called Antukhya. Keep going. We're basically Syria, Lebanon, and Turkey meet. Antukhya, Antakya. Maybe even further up to Iskandurun. Oh, however you pronounce that word. That's where it's soul ends, as we'll see in the Pesukim. So it becomes a Tzarechni in Gadol. Is there an order how you have to conquer at Yisrael? Is there an order? You have to conquer at Yisrael, and then you could go, the examples that he gave was Shinar and Asher. Now, Shinar and Asher are outside of Yisrael. Granted, I understand. But Syria? Syria? Syria is part of Yisrael, or at least was meant to be part of Yisrael. If you look at the dimensions, now the map I gave you is more or less the dimensions of Yisrael. More or less. If you look from Port Said all the way down to the bottom by Egypt. Port Said, which the, is Nachal Mitzrayim, potentially Nachal Mitzrayim. That's where it all starts. You, let's go across to the Dead Sea for now. It's, it's not exact, but for now. To the Dead Sea, all the way to the word Jordan, let's say. All the way to the word Jordan. And then you go up all the way to the top right corner of your page. You see a little stream. That's not a very little stream. That's the Euphrates River. That's in the Harparas. And from there you go on an angle up till you reach where the Yama Gadol, the Yama Melech, reaches, like we said, either Antuchia or Iskadron. So where, where's Aleppo? It's almost like literally the middle of where it's all should be. Why did Tavar Melech do wrong? And this is a big shout to Rishon, I'm very bothered by Very sure, very sure. Even if you're gonna tell me that they didn't conquer yet other parts of Israel, but who says there's, there's parts of Israel that need to be conquered before each other? It's not, it's not necessarily so. Let's leave that for now. The Meshachachma, not the Meshachachma that you have, a different Meshachachma. Meshachachma, in the beginning of Parashat A, asks a very fundamental question. And maybe some of you thought about this question, maybe not. Meshachachma asks, we're going to learn, and we learned already in Chumash, and we're going to learn more about it, that B'nai God of B'nei Ruvain, and Chatzit Shevet Menashe, lived on the other side of the Yardin, the other side of the Jordan. Simple question. Did they live in Eretz Yisrael or did they not live in Eretz Yisrael? Eva Yardin is a big machloikis, Shalom, Shviyas, and in other places. What's the status of Eva Yardin? Eretz Yisrael or not Eretz Yisrael? Let's, let's agree it's Eretz Yisrael, but it's not Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael. It's definitely not the full-fledged thing. That's the reason why Shabbat lost, lost it at them. Had it been Eretz Yisrael totally, then, then what, what they did over there was, was, was not such a big deal. They're asking for a section in Eretz Yisrael. What's the difference if they get in Yerushalayim or if they get Sichayim, if that's Eretz Yisrael? Elamai, even if you're going to give it Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, it's not Eretz Yisrael totally. Can I ask you a basic, basic question? If it's not Eretz Yisrael, why did Bnei Gadu Bnei Menashe want to live there? They didn't want to be kind of one of the mitzvahs? They didn't want to be kind of mitzvahs of Louis Barrett's? They don't want to be Mekayim Mitzvah Yishev Eretz Yisrael if it's a Mitzvah. 
And that's what the Meshachach was dealing over here. Das Ramban, beginning of Parashat Re'eh, the first piece. Das Ramban, the Yeshiva said to Saul Basay, and he goes through. Toma, Mimad the Darish, we know a famous question. The Gemara asks, why did Meshach Rabbeinu want to go into Eretz Yisrael? You think he needs to eat the fruits of Eretz Yisrael? No, the answer is he wanted to do the Mitzvah Satoyish by Eretz Yisrael. But if Bnei God, the Bnei Ruben, the Chatsi Shevet Menasha, have halachas of Kedusha Eretz Yisrael, so what Mitzvah did he want to do? But Shabbat was living in Eretz Yisrael. He was buried in Eretz Yisrael. So he wasn't in Eretz Yisrael? So God and Menashe didn't want to go into Eretz Yisrael? They didn't want to be in Canaan, Mitzu? I totally get why Moshe lost it at them. And why did Moshe agree with them? Yeah, okay, you know, if you go help conquer, you can still live in Bavel. What does that mean? What does that mean? So he says, Meshachma says, interesting Nakuda, he says as follows. V'loi kashamidi. D'lefi zeh b'nei God b'nei Ruvah in lo yikaim wa mitzvah shiva sa'at sa'at it can't be that Bnei God and Bnei Ruvah not being kind of Mitzvah Tzitzel. The Kaimu Gam Be'eret Sichem V'Oig Mitzvah Living in Eretz Sichem V'Oig, which is today Jordan, if you look on your map, Shezeu HaMoyru HaMoyru Masha Omar V'Rashtim Esa'aretz V'Yishaftim Bo. We'll get back to this Pesach in a second. V'Mkein Madu'a Hoyim Moishem Mavakish Tikran Eretz Tzitzel. So why is Moshe Rabbeinu looking to go to Eretz Tzitzel? He is in Eretz Tzitzel. Every Yarden is Eretz Tzitzel. V'adai Kol Zman Shlo Hoyu Kibosh V'Chiluk Says the Meshachachma, a murder of Chiddush. Till Eretz Yisrael is conquered, that was Eretz Yisrael. When Bnei God and Bnei Menashe were asking for it, that was Eretz Yisrael. Were they not being Mekayim Eretz Yisrael? They were. But once Eretz Yisrael is conquered, that loses its status of Eretz Yisrael. That means, Meshachar Beinu, technically, technically, could have been Mekayim, Mitzvah, Bikurim, before he died. There was nobody to bring it to, and you had to bring it to each line. But he was chayv to bring the kurim, Lamezagim. There wasn't, because even in Eretz Yisrael, for the first 14 years, there wasn't necessarily Mitzvah, so we'll get to that. But Moshe Rabbeinu was living, and he was also Nifter, his caver is in, at that point, Eretz Yisrael. Once Klai Yisrael crossed over the Jordan, they took with them Kedusha Eretz Yisrael, and now they became devoid. That area of Erayadim lost Kedusha Eretz Yisrael. It has some halachas of Eretz Yisrael still, because at one point it was Eretz Yisrael, and if it was at one point Eretz Yisrael, it kept some Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, but it's no longer Eretz Yisrael. And that brings us to the second Meshachachma that we gave out, and this is the end of Parshas Hazinu. The Meshachachma, and the Chesam says the same exact thing in Parshas Rezchanan, the second page that we gave out, the Meshachachma, on the Pasuk, where Eis Eretz Kenan HaShenesim L'Bnei Yisrael Achuzah. We're not going to go through the whole thing. I just want to bring out the point. It says over here, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, go up the mountain and see the land. Again, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu to see the land. What's the point of Moshe Rabbeinu seeing Eretz Yisrael? It says Moshe Rabbeinu, like Chazal say, Hashem told Avram Avino, we're going to get to these Pesukim very shortly. Maybe not today. I want you to traverse Eretz Yisrael, because you're going to get this. Avram Avino walking Eretz Yisrael made it easier to conquer Eretz Yisrael. Those that finished Chumash Rashi, Parshish Vayetzeh, no, that Rashi HaKadosh says in Parshish Vayetzeh that Hashem put the entire Eretz Yisrael underneath Yaakov when he went to sleep, also in order for it to be easier for him to conquer. Says Meshachachva, Kain Haya Eitzel Moshe. It was the same point that Moshe Rabbeinu was seeing Eretz Yisrael. 
It became easier to conquer because Moshe Rabbeinu's eyes rested on it. So what's the difference between Avram Avinu and Moshe Rabbeinu? They both do the same thing, essentially. What do they do different? Says Mashiach, beautiful Nakuda. This is how he ties halacha together with hashkafa, beautifully together. It goes as follows: Avram b'mashes halacha fano ki hayu mimerchak mitzoyis aretz rochak miyadis Hashem isbach. Because he came from a place where they knew not about God. V'nes gadol v'nes chazik b'chokmas levavoi lahakim mitzoyis isbach. And Avram Avinu, on his own, came to that recognition and came to that realization of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. V'halach l'karav atzma l'Hashem. And first he was busy with himself, as we were marich in Shal Shudas. We could say for the past two years, the Medrash about Avraham Avinu that he was marich to, to, to the point where he was mekarv himself to Hashem. and and by the halicha pirsim emunasai, he was mefarsim the emunah of a hikri brius Hashem isbarach. Kvayish Amar, kvayish Shemav, vayikir Shem Avraham b'Shem Hashem. Therefore, lechein Avraham Avinu's power was in his foot. Ha'yikach halichasai lechvayish aris lahapot tzvash b'amimal v'lechvayish Amar mashiyirak kimchad dechino. That ground up flower at that point. Well, Avinu had that power. And he had a Kaddish Baruch Hu resting with him for 40 years straight. He strengthened what the Amunah is. Because let's be honest, if you were Yitzhak Avinu, you didn't have Yud Gimelani Mamans. You had Yud Gimelani Mamans? You had Yud you could have been a yid without having any of the, uh, having missing a lot of the animamans. Moshe Rabbeinu established the rest of the animamans. So what we know, that HaKadosh Baruch gave us the Torah, that Nevi'im are real, and Moshe Rabbeinu talks about a Pashas Rei, the rest of the animamans, Moshe Rabbeinu finished up for us. So Avon started the religion, but there were a lot of left, a lot of pieces left undone. Moshe Rabbeinu finished what the Yisoyed of a Yid is and what the Amun of a Yid is. Therefore his, eye, his power was in his eyes. So we're not going to continue the whole piece because you can take it home and look at it because it's also in a game for what we're going to need in the future. But again, the differences of different areas that were conquered. Says the Meshach Chachma that Moshe Rabbeinu looking at Eretz Yisrael had this effect. So Moshe Rabbeinu was in Eva Yardin. We understand while he was in Eva Yardin, Kedusha was there. Kedusha Moshe Rabbeinu his eyes, wherever he looked, he looked Sichon, he looked Oyg, he looked Amon, he looked Mayov. Now, there weren't a lot of Kanker Amon and Mayov, but it started getting Kedusha said to Israel. When he was Nifter, before he was Nifter, Hashem said, I want you to look at one more place before you die. Go look at Eva meaning, what to him was Eva meaning look into Eretz Israel in order that he should be able to conquer it. Establish the Amunah for Kalai Yisrael for what's going to be necessary for the future, and that's how they'll be conquering it. I just want to start, literally just start, spend a few minutes going through Psukim and the Torah to see how confusing this is. Because I know that the other one's confusion. So let's, let's just start with the confusion. Let's start with Bereshis. Let's go to Sefer Bereshis. First, Perik Yud, Pasik Tezvav. We'll just do a couple of psukim. Leave a lot of questions on the table and hopefully the Ezra Hashem is Barak next time come to finish it. Perik Yud is the first time we start talking about Eretz Yisrael. Perik Yud, Pasik Tezvav, in your Arts of it's page 28 if you have the Arts of that I'm using. Perakud Pasik Tezvav says the Hedlika Pasikud Kanaan Yalar es Tzidain. Kanaan gave birth to a person, name of Tzidain Bechoyoy, the Etzchais. So Tzidain, if you have the map in front of you, you'll know that Tzidain is a place in, is a place on the map. I don't know, um, Tripoli today, 
used to be called Tzidon. You see on the map Tripoli, it's on the water, on top of the words Lebanon. That is Tzidon. So first of all, we're getting introduced to a man named Tzidon. Okay, let's keep going. Ches we know, we've come across him. Ephraim, Achiti, okay, let's leave that. So Chivi is a little bit less common, right? We, we say it. But Arki and Sini, we have to get back to. Who was, who's Arki and Sini? So Sini, we could easily say, it's just the people from the Sinai Peninsula. Like, Sini, Sinai. We could say that, but it's love after you. And who's Arki? Maybe who says we need to know who it is? The Torah tells us, so we need to know who it is. Avadi, no idea who he is. Vesatsmari, no idea who he is. Vesachamasi, Hamasi we might know. Ad Levoi Hamas. Hamas is a place in the Torah that we're talking about. And the Torah is telling us these names because we need to know this. Let's continue. And from there, very important words, And the Torah gives us their boundaries. What's the Gevul HaKenani? Mitzidoin. Oh, I told you where it is. Tripoli. Right? You see it on your page. Mitzidoin. The Gevul HaKenani is from Tzidoin. It's around there. I'm not saying it's Tripoli per se, but it's around that area. Mitzidoin, Boyacha Gurara, down to Gurar. Gurar, we're not from Vino, we're to Gurar. Ad Azar, which is in Gaza. Push them. Where's that on the map? Go all the way past Tel Aviv. You see the Gaza Strip on, the, on your map. That's, that's where you, that's where, how far down you go. If you take out the other map, if you don't mind going to the other map for a second, you have the actual, the English words. If you look at, on the coast of the water, you see there's a place called the Banyas. It's a, like the fourth one on the coast, in the, in the, on, the, on the Mediterranean. And then you have Arud. Potentially a name that we said we don't know where it is. We'll get back to that because it's spelled a little different. We'll get back to that. You keep going all the way down. You see there's a place called Tzidon. Not anywhere near Tripoli like we told you before. But if you go, it's uh, after Beerus, which is Beirut. Then the next one is Tzidon on the water. So it's under Beirut. So we'll have to see, because there's a Tzidah in Rabban, a Tzidah in Zutta. There's a big Tzidah and a small Tzidah. We're going to get back to it. Continue down the coast till Azo, or Rafiach today, in the bottom. That's, the Pesach is saying, that's the Gevul, till Azo slash Gaza. That's the Gevul, back to our Pesach. But he Gevul HaKanani, Mitzidoin, Bayacha Gerora Ad Azo. Bayacha Sedoima, now go, make a right turn. From Azo, make a right turn. Tel Sedoima, which is Yam HaMelach, as we know. Make a right turn. Ad, back in the Pasig. Ad, Ad Sedoima, Ba'abayur, Ad Motsoim, Ad Lasha. Eila B'nei Chamla, M'shuchaisu, 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 So the Torah already introduces us, when it's talking about the Mishpachas Kanan, Kanan Yolad, it's already introducing us not only to who they are, but the other places, it doesn't say what their landmass was. If you go, for example, just turn the page backwards, when it talks about and he built a place called Ninveh. It doesn't say their, their geographical locations. The Torah, obviously we know why, but the Torah wanted us to know the geographical locations of Canaan. It's very Negea for us to know. That's one place in the Torah. Now, are these the same places that we know today? Sidon? Let's say Sidon is the top. I don't know because we have to see. Let's say Tzidon is the top, which is under Beirut, which we'll call today Kiryat Shmona. Is that what it's called? Rosh that area? Let's call it around there. Down to Gaza, to Sidon. That almost sounds like today's Eretz Yisrael. Very small. What happened over here? Let's continue. Let's continue to Bereshis, Tezvav, Yudches. 
different areas, and each time the Sarah says it a little bit differently. It says Vav, Yudches, that's going to be in the article that I have in front of me. It's going to be page 39, going on to 40. 39, that day during the Brisbane As we saw the Hashem told your children are getting this land. What's this land? Let's follow the map. Now, what's Nahar Mitzrayim? It's a big discussion. If you have the, the map with the Israeli words on it, on it, you'll see. If you go down to the bottom, bottom left corner of the map, you'll see Mitzrayim. All the way to the bottom left of the map is Mitzrayim. And the Nahar Mitzrayim is either there, where the word Mitzrayim is, which is what we call the Nile, the, the Nilus, or you'll see a little further up, there's a place called, a little stream called, where the, where the arrow is now on the screen, you can see it, Wadi Al-Arish. That might be Nachal Mitzrayim. We're going to have to get to the Machlekes Rishenim. Is that where the boundaries of Eretz is? Wadi Al-Arish. You can find it today. That's where most of our Lulavim come from. Most of our Lulavim come from the area called Wadi Al-Arish. So just in case you want to know anything, don't go visit there. It's, it's not a great place to visit. But anyways, so back to our Pasuk. One of the streams, either the Nile or Wadi Al-Arish. All the way up to the Euphrates. Hashem just dissected it to swell smack in the middle. Because where's the Euphrates? The top right corner of your map, the Israeli, the, the map with the Hebrew letters on it, the, the, the Euphrates River is uh, somewhere like you see where it says Hamas. I'm sorry, no, further up. The, literally, the top right corner. The top right corner of your map is Nahar Paras. So Hashem, in this Pasuk, literally goes from the bottom left corner to the top right corner. That's a very weird way to give a dimensions of a land. Because that really gives a very little understanding of where we're supposed to be going. We have to understand that. And now Hashem says, what countries or what nations are there now? Most of these we recognize. We need to come back what the rest of them are. Very unclear what the boundaries of our soul is. Let's continue. Shemais, going through the Chumash in the order. Shemais Chav Gimel Amad Aleph. Just three more places, and we'll call it a day, as, now that we're nice and confused. Shemais Chav Gimel Lamed Aleph. This is in, in Parshish Mishpatim, when Hashem wants to tell Klai Yisrael, towards the end, what, they, what they're going to get. It's on, in my art school Chumash, it's in page 225, going on to page 226. 225-ish, I will send the Tziro of the Geri Show, they're going to kick out the Sachivi, the Sachnani, the Sachiti, it's not going to be kicked out in one year. It's not going to take one year to kick out all the Goyim. Very important, very important passage. We don't want Eretz to be desolate. If it's going to be desolate, there's going to be too many animals. So Hashem is going to push them out piecemeal. We'll get to that. Very important word. It's going to be a little bit at a time. Until you'll be able to populate enough to be able to conquer the whole land. Because Hashem doesn't want to just kick them out and then what? We're just going to have lions roaming? So... As you're going to grow, you're going to get pushed out. Very important problem. Very important point over here because part of the time of Yeshua is that he didn't conquer the whole Eretz Yisrael, as we're going to get to. But if Klaisol didn't yet reach the numbers that they needed, what's the time of Yeshua? We're going to get to this business, Hashem. Now, what is the boundary of Eretz Yisrael? One pasik. Vishati has Anybody want to suggest to us what Vishati means? In the, in the Torah, you look without Nikudah, it's Vashti. But it's, it's, if you have to know, it's Vishati. What does Vishati mean? So we're going to have to get to that. But Rashi says, Loshain Hashasa. That helps us, right? 
Now we know. So what should I show you? Very good. Let's leave that as a question mark for now. Move to Chumash Rashi. Vishati has Gavulcha. Where is the Gavul? Mi Yamsuf, the Mediterranean. Vaad Yam Polishtim. From the Yamsuf? So where is the Yamsuf? I said it's the Mediterranean. Nobody stopped me. It's not the Mediterranean. The Yamsuf is all the way at the bottom, where if you look at the bottom left of your page, of um, the page that was given to you, the, the, the Hebrew page, you see Yamsuf. It's like barely makes it into the picture. That's a totally different area. Now, today we have that the Yamsuf is connected to the Mediterranean. By, they built the Suez Canal. It connects it to the Nile, which connects it to the Mediterranean. But the Yamsuf is where Klyosov crossed, which is across the entire Sinai Desert. Different, totally different. The Torah, every time it talks about soul, gives you every time a different place where we're supposed to start from. You, you see this? Again, Nachabal. V'shat yezgevulcho. Mi Yamsuf, v'ad Yampolishtim. Now, what's the Yampolishtim? Assuming it means the Mediterranean. Because the Polishtim, the Philistines, lived along Gaza, on the border. So what does this mean? From Yamsuf to Polish to, to the Mediterranean? So what it means is you have to make a, the, the picture, you make a line from the Yamsuf and you go straight up to Vadi, what do they call it over there? Zroya Philosophus Shalanilus. The arm, the tributary of the Nile River. What exactly are you supposed to do there? Very, very unclear in the Pesukim Tarekdesha. Umi Midbar Adan Nahar. And from the Midbar to the Nahar. <laughs> what Nahar? Which Midbar? There's hundreds of Midbars in the world. And around Eretz Yisrael, there's tens of Midbars. Nahar? Which Nahar are we talking about? Tar is very vague. What? The Torah couldn't. And we have to understand all these things. So far, we're leaving everything by questions. I'm sure the of the week is going to come over to say that they have pshat and explaining all these pesukim in the Torah. But we're not done yet. We have a couple more pesukim and then we'll call it a day. But midbar lamedal. And I'm not going to suggest that I have a mahalach into all this because the rishonim struggled with this and the achronim struggled with this. But when we try to get to a little bit of a clarity, how we can try to figure out what we're dealing with. Lamed Dalid Aleph. It's on in my art school page 484. Here the Torah is very elaborative on the size of Eretz Yisrael. We'll just read the words. It's a mixture of everything that we learned till now. This is the land. Negev. Negev. Negev is the south. So your south side would be Mimidbar Tzin. Do we have that in our picture? Not really. Not really. In our picture, we don't have where Midbar Sinai Adam is. But it's somewhere, where you see the word Midbar Sinai on your picture, in the Hebrew lettering, it's somewhere around there. That's where Adam is. It's on the bottom of Eretz Today, that's still, they consider that part of Eretz But Midbar Sin, uh, I'm sorry, what? I didn't hear you. What did you say? Oh, they put Adam on the other side. Yeah, we'll get to that. Look at it. This map put Edom on the other side. We'll, we'll get, it's, it's very, very complicated where Edom is. We're going to get to that. For now, we're going to say, it's, the Pusik says clearly it's in the Negev, which means the south. That Edom is to the east. So is Edom to the east or is Edom to the south? We're going to have to get to that. It's a very complicated. Sugyo, Bezis Hashem. It's so fascinating. These maps are, my, I, I don't know, I, I enjoy maps, so I hope I'm not boring you if you don't enjoy this. But just to get a little bit of the outline, what the Torah wants to give us. Where Eretz Yisrael is, what's going on? We're not, we're not going to spend more than one week on it. And we're going to leave with a lot of questions. And you can more than welcome to do more research on your own. But back to the Pasik. Um, 
So it says, near Edom. So as of now, we can still keep Edom on the other side. Because it's near Edom. So the north, I mean the south, southern border. Now what is the, border, the northern border? I keep saying northern. Southern border. From the end of Yama Melech, you see that on your picture, on the bottom, Yama Melech juts out into uh, the Negev area. Uh, Till Kedma, going east. Okay. V'nasav l'chem ha'gvul mi'negev l'maliyak rabim. We don't know where exactly Maliyak rabim is on the map. If we did, we would know exactly the boundary of Etzisol today. But it goes, continue south, l'maliyak rabim. V'avar tzino, past a place called tzino. We'll get to a better map in the future and we'll be able to see it. V'hayu te'tesov mi'negev l'kadish b'neya. A little south of Kadesh Baneah. So you see, from the Yamamelech on our map, we're going to go slanted down towards Kadesh Baneah. So it seems like Edoim is also under the Yamamelech. So you have to make a diagonal line from the Yamamelech to the place where there's a red dot called Kadesh Baneah. The Yatza from there goes Chatzar Adar, over Again, on the map, we don't have it. We'll try to find out where that is. From Atzmoyna, from Atzmoyn. It goes from there to the Nachal wherever that may be, whether it's Wadi Alarish or it's all the way across the Sinai to the Nilus. From there it goes to the ocean. Oh, that's, that's easy. So we just covered the entire southern border. It's basically from the lip of Yamamelech, you, you go a little bit down, somewhere around there, and then you go across. Either you go across heading towards the ocean, or you go across literally a line across where you have the entire coast all the way through the Nile. That's the southern border. Oh, so this is easy. The western border is the easiest border. It's, it's the ocean. The west is very easy. It's the coast. It's the coast. Now, here it says here, it's the Yam Hagadol. Yam Hagadol we call today the Mediterranean. Some Rishonim call the Yam Hagadol the Atlantic Ocean, which would mean that Eretz would carry all the way in to basically to London, basically to Spain. And there's such a sheet in Chazal, we'll get to it, there's a sheet there, Yehuda holds that all the, not necessarily the land masses, but the islands in the Mediterranean, as you see all the way at the top of your screen, you'll see there's an island in the middle of the Mediterranean, in the middle of the Mediterranean called Kafrisin. Right? We know that part of the terrorist comes from the Kafrisin, and that's what we call today Cyprus. Potentially it's Eretz And Cyprus might be Eretz Well, We'll have to get to that. I don't know if we will. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. That is the western border. What's the northern border? From the Yamagadl. Now, we're on the Yamagadl, we have to find out. Find a place called Hayrahar. On our map, we don't have a place called Hayrahar. I don't think. Over here, they put in Hayrahar. No, they put in, it's again, a big discussion exactly where Hayrahar comes out. This is not the Hayrahar that Anna Karen is buried in, which is in Eden. Ayana Karen is buried in Harar Petra, which is where you saw Edom was on the Yamal. It's a different Harar, not to be confused. Where that comes out exactly is a big machalik Sushainim. It's part of the discussion. What's the northern border? For, for now, we're going to use the words um, Har al Akra. You see the mountain area right on the side of Antuchia. There's a Har al Akra or Har Hari Aminus. These are the mountain area. So this is mountains on top of mountains. That's Harar. Somewhere there, for now, we'll just say somewhere in that vicinity is the northern border of Etzisol, which is today, by the way, it's Turkey. Today, that's the border of Turkey. 
Imagine how much Eretz Yisrael is really supposed to be. May Harahar, from Harahar to Saul, Avoy Hamas. I want you to go towards Hamas. Now, where's Hamas? You see, they put a question mark. They themselves don't know where Hamas is. It's on one of the tributary rivers that connect. It's across the Banyas, which is, again, today in Homs. It's called Homs, Homs in Syria. A lot of civil wars going on. People are being gassed in Homs and Homs. It's somewhere around there. That's, that's the northern border on the eastern front. And then, you go to Zephraina, whatever that may be. Not exactly clear what that is. And you will have a desire, or what Ashi learns means, you will turn from there, you will turn from there, very not clear, doesn't give us exact descriptions where that is, it's part of the big problem. Where is the eastern part of Eretz Israel? Till we reach the Yarden. That means we have to go down hundreds and hundreds of miles. Because the Yarden starts, halachically, it starts in Damasek. The Gemara says it's called Damasek or Damascus because Misham, the Gemara says, that's where the river really starts. But we today know that it starts in, if you see on the map, a place called Dan. Dan. We're going to get to the Dan. That's. We know the northern Eretz Yisrael is called Midana Be'er Sheva. That's done. That's the north. So from there, I know we're going over time, but we're almost done. All the way down to the Yom HaMelech. At this point, I gave you the entire Eretz Yisrael, says Hashem. Very good. We're very clear about the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael. Very clear. Two more places, and we're done. One place we did already. The end of the is Akev. So we don't have to do that one. But I want you to open up Dvarim Aleph, Zion. In the Art School Chumash, it's page 492. Moshe Rabbeinu tells Klai Yisrael in his opening speech, And here he gives the description of Eretz Yisrael. All the way up to the great river called the Euphrates. What we have here is mass confusion. And that's where we'll stop.